Please pray with me. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. You may be seated. Poor Thomas. He's one of those unfortunates, saddled throughout all of history with the nickname born of his lowest moment, his most epic failure. Even in a world where most people would probably not be able to tell you the details of the gospel story, or even recognize in the warning a biblical reference, still we know what it means to be told, don't be a doubting Thomas. So quickly, we forget brave Thomas and all-in Thomas of just a few chapters earlier in John's Gospel when the other disciples cautioned Jesus against going back to Jerusalem where his life will be in danger. It is Thomas who boldly says, let us go also that we might die with him. And at the Last Supper, when Jesus tells his disciples, I'm going where you cannot come. It is Thomas who desperately presses the Lord, show us the way so that we can follow you. Unless we pin all the doubt on Thomas, we should also remember that these ten other disciples, so eagerly proclaiming the good news here in today's reading, were just hours earlier as full of as much doubt as Thomas. They also rejected the witness of the women who came from the tomb, saying, we have seen the Lord. The same message they now proclaim to Thomas. So rather than stand in dismissive judgment of poor Thomas, I would encourage us rather to, to relate to him, to see ourselves in him. Because who among us does not know the experience of total dedication dissipating in the face of crushing disappointment? And remember, Thomas's disappointment is not fundamentally in Jesus. How, after all, could he blame Jesus for what has happened? Deeply, his disappointment is in himself. Because when the moment came, he did not follow him. He did not go to die with him. Instead, he fled like all the rest. And so bearing such a burden of shame and despair, how can we blame Thomas for his doubts? And how can we, who also bear burdens of shame and despair, think that we would have done any better in his shoes or that we do any better in our own. And yet, are we not called to do better than Thomas? For Jesus, after all, appears to him just a week later, shows him his pierced hands and his wound side, displays for him his body, transformed and resurrected, but still very much his own flesh and blood. But we are left out of that experience. We are called 
to believe without seeing, to live by faith. I worry, though, that we have used and misused those words and those ideas so much that they've simply become evacuated of their true meaning for us and for our world. Just believe. Have faith. These things become meaningless to the people who need to hear them most because they've become so encrusted by a sentimental veneer. They have come to be heard as meaning things that no rational person could really accept. Agree, assent to things you know are at best unprovable or at worst outrightly false. Just believe, have faith, have come to mean just some sort of pious self-deception to escape from the hard realities and the crushing disappointments of life. For some, faith as just an anesthesia against the pain of life might be enough for a time, but that pain always breaks through. In such a world, doubt, like we see in Thomas, and like we doubtless know in ourselves, becomes either the gravest of sins or the most heroic of virtues. It's either the path to damnation or the road to enlightenment. But in any case, in such a world, doubt cannot coexist with belief. Doubt kills faith. But the truth is, despite what we may have been told, we do not live in such a world. The belief that we profess, the faith that we live by, is something indeed more than just pious self-deception or some kind of airy-fairy sentimentalism. I often prefer to use the word trust for it. Because we already live most of our life by trust. We already live most of our life on the testimony of trusted others, even when we don't have all the answers or all the evidence. And so as followers of Jesus Christ, we're simply called to trust something very specific. The witness of the apostles. We are called to trust the testimony of those who with their own eyes saw and with their own hands touched the risen Lord. And through that testimony to come to a trust of our own in that risen Lord, in Jesus, in whose name we find life. Now that sort of trust is perfectly okay living alongside doubt, at least for the time being. But it always looks beyond the doubt as well. You see, the false faith claims that it has all the answers and that it understands everything now and under its own power. But that false faith crumbles in the face of questions 
and uncertainty. A true trust in God through Christ, as revealed through the witness of the apostles. A true trust, however, doesn't make any of those claims, doesn't claim to understand everything now, and doesn't claim to have all the answers now. But it does claim to know the one who knows the answers and to be willing to live in trust, waiting as things are revealed in his time and in his way. And so we need not, and indeed we cannot, claim to live perfectly by faith any more than we can claim to be perfectly righteous. In doing so, we only deceive ourselves. But we can. We can rather, in trust, walk in the light. Walk in the light of honesty about ourselves and about our sins and about our doubts and about the world because our trust is not in ourselves or our own righteousness or in our own perfect faith or in the world. But our trust is in him who died and rose again, who appeared to Thomas and the others. And we know by that trust that even though he doesn't still appear in those ways, he very much still breaks through the locked doors of our lives. Often and especially in our darkest moments of fear and doubt. To announce his peace and to lavish upon us his forgiveness. And to empower us with his spirit. When we live in that trust, we need not fear any doubt. That trust in Jesus, our Lord and our God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.